You are listening to Overcomers Church International Podcast. Here at OCI, we are dedicated to our vision of building strong people and building strong churches. From wherever you are listening, we hope this message leaves you equipped and encouraged. So praise God. If you guys got your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 6. And we're, we're going to get into some really good stuff tonight. It's going to be exciting. Did anybody happen to, to uh, listen or watch us this morning? Good, because this is going to be a repeat. Two or three of you did. Uh, so this is going to be a repeat. We try to, uh, my Bible's falling apart here. Hallelujah. I wish I could say it was just from reading it so much, but um, one of the kids ripped it out. So anyways, and then what happened is we went to Brazil two years ago. And uh, I, you know, you ever had that time to where it was like, oh, yeah, that was the Holy Ghost telling me, and I totally missed it? Well, we were packing our bags to go back uh, home from Brazil, and I put this on the, the checked baggage because I'm like, well, I'm not going to read it in the airport, and I'm not going to read it on the plane or whatever, so I'm just going to check it. Well, the guy, <laughs> they got four, foreign countries, this stuff happens. The guys, they put all of our bags on a trailer and then put a tarp over it. And then there was a torrential downpour, to say the least. And then they, we almost missed our flight because they went the wrong way and yada, yada, yada. Well, when we get back home and open up our suitcases, at least mine anyways, was totally soaked and my Bible was drenched. So now it's falling apart and I have got Gorilla Tape on it and everything. But you know how it is when you got your Bible that you like to read from, you don't want to change. And so... Anyways, there we are. So, um, Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to share some really, uh, really good stuff. This is going to be, I believe, a three-week series is what Liz and I, we're going to minister this together. And uh, most of the time, I minister, but a lot of times, we like to minister things together because she's got some really, really good stuff to say. Amen? And uh, this is an area where we've seen a tremendous growth and really both of us have have stepped into a lot of freedom in this area. And... uh, have fun, son. And uh, how <laughs> like, dare you, Dad? Anyways, uh, so we've actually been set free in this area. And um, so we're going to share a lot of our testimony today, and then we're going to get into a few things. And then the next couple of weeks, we're really going to open it up and share a lot of good stuff, although we're going to get in a lot of good stuff today, yes. too. It's going to be really good. It's going to so. be really good. Yeah. Can you hear me? Amen. Okay. I think this I mic's think working good. I just have to get it really close. But yeah. I don't like if you can turn her up just a little bit without okay. it going crazy, that would be that <laughs> would be awesome. And so, um, so we're gonna start this off, uh, and this is a crazy question. And I think, do we have the first slide up there? And the first slide, and we're we're we went away from the whiteboard for this week, and we've made slides that you we guys just can wanted see. to shake it up a little. Yeah, bit we're gonna shake it up a little bit. It's gonna, it's good though. So the question here's the question. All right, and this is the title. Are you? Oh, go back. We don't want to show. We don't want that. number there one. Okay, here you go. Are you a slum? Hmm, interesting. Hmm. Are you a slum? I got to push this podium out so I can actually see that thing. Okay. So we're working on some different screenage to where we can see it easier. Maybe this one will be easier. There, it's about yeah. the same. Uh, so are you a slum? It's a question. You're like, what in the world is that? We did that just, actually, we were driving down the road yesterday. Yeah. And it, like, we were talking about this. And it like all came together. I was like, yeah. <laughs> so we got an acronym, all right? And a slum is someone living under mammon. And you're like, what's mammon? Well, we're going to find out from the word. We're going to go to Ephesians chapter 6. And mammon uh, basically is a, is a spirit, but it's, a, it's, a, it's the God of money, if you will. 
Um, and you it's, said it's Ephesians a, chapter 6, and it's Matthew. That's what I said, Matthew chapter, chapter six. 6. I said Matthew. You just heard it. <laughs> all right, so anyways, I'm occasionally wrong. So occasionally. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, all right? We're going to go to verse 24. But um, mammon is really, it's a spirit that's on money or that can be on money. You know, money is, is what I call amoral. And so, you know, money can be used for good. Money can be used for bad. I've heard people say before that, um, you know, money is the root of all evil. That's incorrect. The love of money is the root of all evil. And so you can have money and use it for good purposes, such as blessing people, such as, you know, sending missionaries, such as giving into the church or helping the needy or whatever. You can use money for good things, or you can use money for bad things. Yeah. Uh, but money is just really amoral. But the money that comes into you, it needs to be blessed. And the difference between whether it will be blessed or not is ultimately really up to you. It's really what you, what you determine in your heart to do with the money that comes into you. And God wants us to have our money purpose. And I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. But we're supposed to have purpose with our money, purpose in our finances. And uh, so we, we both um, walk through different, actually different time periods yeah. in our marriage. But while, since we've been married yeah. to where we've, uh, we were actually living um, it's very slummy. We were. we were living as some peoples underneath of the spirit That's of right. mammon, underneath of its influence. And uh, what you don't have to like the slum thing. I don't really care. That was just an easy way to remember, right? So it's a little catchy. And uh, so we went through different different time periods, and we're just going to kind of briefly tell you what that was like, and then we're going to get going to get into some things here. Um, but you know, for me, when we got married. Um, you know, we spent several years doing some, making very poor decisions. Let's just put it that way. And, uh, and I didn't really know why I was making poor decisions until the Lord opened up my eyes. And I, and I mean, well, probably in a lot of ways, but financially in specific. And we found ourselves in a, in a mountain of debt. And um, we had bought this house. We referred to it as the hell house. You'll hear it. Um, you'll hear about it occasionally here and there. <laughs> But it was awful. It was just, uh, there's no, it was straight from hell. I mean, it was so bad. We never Literally, should have bought it. Yeah. <laughs> it just nearly, it just nearly capsized us. It was so bad. And, um, and we even, yeah, anyways, I won't get into all that details. But I came to a point finally where my lightning fast mind realized this is not going good. And so I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I said, um, something's not right here. You, you've got, you've got to help me. You know, what's, what's going on? And, and this is what he spoke to me. He said, you have become Lord over your finances, and you stopped allowing me to be Lord over your finances. I said, well, I don't want to do that. That's not a good thing. He said, no, it's not. So I said, all right. And so I repented, and I said, all right, I'm not, I'm not going to be Lord over my finances. You are. It all belongs to you, and God, you are leading the way. And then he began to give me instructions from, you know, from that point. And, but when we did that, when I did that, mm -hmm. and I didn't even understand mammon then, and I didn't understand some things, you know, about mammon that we do now and we're going to reveal to you. But I realized that what I was doing was I was separating myself from um, trusting in self and trusting in money and trusting in self to provide money, which is what will cause you to come underneath of the spirit of mammon. I was pulling myself out from underneath of that and presenting myself to the Lord to trust him. Because it's interesting, the very first thing that the Lord told me to do was to tithe. The very first thing, he said, you need to tithe. Imagine this. Here we were, married, grew up in a Christian home, went to Bible college, <laughs> got home for Bible college, and I still wasn't tithing. But that's just where I was. 
and I didn't realize it, but I had so much trust in money and in my ability, which is very limited, but in my ability to provide money or to get money, that that's where all of my trust was. And I actually was limiting God in my finances because of the way I was thinking and because of where my trust was. And so whenever I pulled myself out from underneath of that, we, we went, um, it took a little bit of time. You know, you don't get in stuff overnight and you usually don't come out of stuff overnight. You know what I'm saying? It takes a little bit of time sometimes to come out from things. And so within two or three years, things really started to turn around and we ended up being able to sell that house, we won't get into all the details. It was a supernatural story how we were able to sell it. and But we had to take $10,000 to the table. Normally, when you sell a house, you want to get money back. We had to take $10,000 to the table after already losing about forty on it right. and spending countless hours working. I mean, it was, it was awful. Like, if you were like a checklist for the worst house to buy, that was the one that we bought. We, we, we checked every box. And so, but anyways, God provided. We showed up at the closing table, supernaturally got there, and we closed on the house, and we had $10,000 that we really didn't have, but somehow or another we had it, and we closed, and we were totally out of it. Hallelujah. And then it was shortly after that that the Lord began to open up Liz's eyes about where she was at yeah. personally and how God delivered her. And then and then this understanding about mammon really began to open up to us. Yeah, so part of my testimony about the spirit of mammon is, so see, you know, you can be a believer and, you know, a Christian and even like full of faith, but still be subjugated to the spirit of mammon. And that's where I was because, you know, I I knew all the right verses to say and to speak. And here's the thing. I was dealing with such anxiety over money, mainly because I didn't feel like we would ever have enough. Or I was scared, actually, that we wouldn't have enough, even though most of the time we did have enough. But I, I still was in so much fear and anxiety, like so much fear and anxiety that one day um, I was driving to work and I had a 40 minute drive and it was like a Monday and we had like electric bill due on a Friday and I got let off early because they didn't need me. And so I was driving home just bawling my eyes out because I was like, how are we going to do this? Like I, I, I was supposed to work four more hours, which was a lot of money. And so I, I went and I got home and I hid myself in a closet because I was crying so bad and nobody could find me. And I was like, you, this is paralyzing, gripping fear and anxiety over some, it was Monday, Friday had not yet come, you know, and God is so, he's so good that like finally, like after it was hours, the kids were looking for me, everybody was like, where's mom? Where? And I, they even had come into the closet and I was like way in the corner and hidden under underneath things. And I finally, I was like, this is ridiculous. This is no way to live. I cannot be paralyzed by fear. So Lord, show me. And so he began to do a work in my heart. And this was like time before even like I realized that it was the spirit of mammon, that the Lord was just preparing my heart. And so like I I knew how to keep it at bay. I knew how to uh, speak the word and that I knew like God is my source and that he is Jehovah Jireh, my provider, and that I'm not supposed to worry about what we're going to eat and what we're going to drink. And so I had gotten to the point where I uh, had kept 
that anxiety at bay. And I knew that I needed to trust the Lord on this. But I was like I had dealt with some things out, you know, the symptoms, but not necessarily the root of the problem right. because I just I didn't know the root of the problem. You don't know things until you know things. And um, at the beginning of one year, the Lord had spoke to me. I want you to begin to open uh, your bank account. And I want you to begin to speak because don't you guys know that if you are unwilling to face giants, then you cannot defeat them. Right. And so you have to be willing to face the giant. And I'm telling you that this fear was so much that I would open up the bank account. There would be money in there. I could pay my bills, but I was like, if I pay my bills, then there's not going to be money there. And then what if I don't have enough? And that is no place to be because we all like we have enough when we know that God is our source. But still, at that point, I was putting um, trust in him. I was putting trust in my own ability to be able to work and just make money and provide for our family or whatnot in our bills. And so once I started facing that, then all of a sudden, like this teaching, it, it came to me and they started well actually I had started reading in Matthew 6 at the beginning of that year too and I love Matthew 6 if you haven't read Matthew 6 it is so awesome and I came to the point you know I was just kind of going verse by verse and I came to um what verse 24 about serving God or serving mammon I was like no problem I serve God not mammon. This isn't a problem. And then I just skated on. I was like, do not worry. I was like, okay, I, that's the part where I'm at. So I just knew like I couldn't, I didn't need to worry because that worry there's like being divided. And when you're divided, you know, house divided, even if you're divided within yourself, you cannot stand. And so I knew that. So I was just speaking all these things and I came across his teaching and he started teaching about mammon. And all of a sudden I was like, that is what is wrong with me. That's the deal because I still had anxiety. I was going to bed um, anxious and waking up anxious and working through the process of like, I know God is my provider and I know he can do the things and he does not want us to be in debt and he wants us to be the lenders and I have faith and I'm using my faith and am I applying my faith, but I'm still like, why God? And then when he started talking and he lists these um, signs or symptoms and we're going to get into that, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the problem. And I can remember I was in the backyard and right where I was in the moment, I was like, no, no more. I was like jumping up and down and yelling. I don't know if the boys came out at that point and like, what is wrong with her? Because I had my ear buds in or whatever. And I was like, no longer do I have to be a slave to mammon. Right. I'm going to cut this off and we are going forward. And from that moment, on that's right it has been complete and utter freedom now you know where you had a weak spot or a place the enemy always he will try to come in and sneak some things like nope that's already been dealt with it's no problem i'm going to move on so it's yeah. so awesome to yeah. be free of this yeah amen and you know when it comes to to mammon or really any spirit the way that they work is often different than how a lot of people think that spirits right. work. Most of the time, I know for me, when I thought about any kind of demonic spirit, I always thought about, you know, like, you know, somebody, you know, falling on the floor and foaming at the mouth or something like that. And I thought of, you know, demonic influence really basically just as possession. And what's happened actually is in the English 
uh, rendering, if you go back and look at the Greek, whenever it talks about how somebody was like in the Bible that Jesus would set someone free, they would be demonized. And oftentimes we have in our translation, we have the word possess. Well, possess is a very limited view on how or, or in what way demonic spirits will, will mess with people. So there are people that get like possessed with demons and they need, you know, that demon expelled. They need that, they need delivered from it. But a lot of times people have influence from demonic spirits simply by the way that they think and yeah. different and fear and other things that come in. Because Paul said that in the latter days that people will give heed to seducing. First of all, he says that people will depart from the faith. And so he's talking about people that are already believers, right? Yeah. Because you can't depart from something that you already haven't, haven't already been a part of. So he says they will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. So you're talking about Christians that give heed to uh, spirits that seduce them in. They entice them in, and then they teach them That's because right. it says doctrines of demons, so part of the, the job of the enemy, see, things in, in the, the spirit, they, they really, what the enemy does is he does the same thing that God does or tries to do the same thing that God does, but just in a perverted way. So Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will come and he will teach you all things yeah. whatsoever I have taught you. So the job of the Holy Spirit is to take our understanding and align our understanding up with the Word of God, with the kingdom of God, with who God is, all of that stuff. Well, the enemy basically is trying to do the exact same thing that, that the Lord is doing, that the Holy Spirit do, is doing, but just in a negative way or in a wrong way. So the same way that we can have the Lord build understanding, have building blocks of understanding in us, the enemy works to do the exact same thing. So a lot of what we have believed, if we just be honest, we've believed things that haven't been accurate. Anybody in here ever believed something that you're like, oh, actually, come to find out that was not yeah. right? Yeah. Come on now. So we have to, we have to always realize that we can believe something that's not accurate. That is possible for us to believe something, to, to think something that's not accurate. Now, we don't need to walk around thinking we're wrong all the time or whatever. You know, the Lord will show us and help us understand things. But understand this, that mammon, it, it, from my experience, mammon doesn't work to come in and just possess people how we would think. But what it does is it trains people to operate in fear and greediness and stinginess and all these kind of different things. And we're going to get into these signs or these symptoms of someone that's, that's slumming it, right? Uh, underneath the spirit of mammon, we're going to talk about these things. Uh, but it works to keep people in mindsets and ideals. And when they stay there, they stay bound. And our experience yeah. has been, and what and our testimony is that when I got free from it, we started moving out of debt. And then when you got free from it, we actually started moving into wealth building. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it was incredible because, you know, the whole point of the influence, you know, of the enemy is that he wants to keep us stuck and he wants to keep us bound and he wants to keep us broke and in these same cycles. So yeah. we'll keep we'll keep not being the victorious people, the abundant people that, that God wants us to be. Yeah. Amen. So. Amen. That's right. So look here at Matthew chapter six. In verse 24, everybody doing all right? All right, Matthew 6 and 24, it says, No one can serve two masters, for he either will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. I'm really thankful these are Jesus' words and not my words. So you don't, you don't have to take my word for it. You can just read it. 
But it says you can't serve God and mammon. I'll be the first to tell you that when it, com- when it comes to money, when it came to money, I was serving. Now, my heart was not evil. I wasn't a God hater. But my heart, and my heart was in the right direction, but I actually was serving mammon with money and wasn't serving God. I'm going to show you why and how here in just a second. And it was the same for Liz. And this is like the one fault you have. So this is why I always like, Liz had this problem too. It wasn't just me, you know, because <laughs> she's like the Mary, Mary Poppins of life, all right? Practically perfect in every way. So um, what can I say? Yeah, y'all, y'all doing good? <laughs> Everybody doing good? All right, I'm trying to just make sure you're doing all right. So anyways, so this is something we both have walked in a lot of freedom in. Uh, but we had to come to a place to where we realized we were, we were actually operating underneath of and serving mammon. Because we weren't serving God, because we were trusting in ourselves. Because see, context is king, and you read this in context. So he's, he says, you can't serve God and mammon. These are Jesus' words. And then in verse 25, he says, therefore, whenever you see the word therefore, what you do is you look to see what it is there for. <laughs> so you go back to the previous verse, and you, t- you tie those thoughts together. A lot of times, I know for me, when I, when I would read the Bible, especially years ago, I'd read it and be like, well, he's talking about this here. And in this verse, he's talking about something completely different. No, there's a connection there. It's just that our brain hasn't probably figured the connection out. And so here's the connection. So he says, you can't serve God and mammon. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. In other words, I read this and say, if you are worried about your life and how provision is going to come to you, I would say, according to this, that you're serving mammon. Okay, let me just keep on reading here. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink nor about your body, what you will put on. Uh, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather in barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more uh, of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cupid to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. Neither uh, They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if, if God so clothes the, the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father, and when it's talking about Gentiles there, it's talking about non-covenant people. And he's saying, look, you got a covenant with your God. How much more people that have a covenant with their God will he provide these things for them? And it says, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. And here's the famous verse. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. All what things? All the things in life that we often so many times worry about that the Lord's saying, don't worry about this stuff. Just seek me. Seek my kingdom and all that stuff will be added unto you. It's no problem. Therefore, therefore, why do we look and see what it's there for? To see what it's there for. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Man, that's a powerful passage of scripture. This is what, this is in essence the difference between Having God as your master, specifically in the area of finances. And, and I, I've come to find out that you can have God. The idea is that you have Lord, Lord over every area of your life. 
But I have found out that you can trust the Lord with one thing and not trust the Lord in another thing. One time I called my mom, and uh, this is when we were in Bible school when I was still underneath of the spirit of mammon and didn't know it. <laughs> and we were having some financial woes, and my parents were, were awesome. And uh, I had a guitar worth about $2,000. Actually, it was only worth $1,200. My dad bought it from me for $2,000 and said, well, just bring it home when you get home from Bible college. He gave me $2,000. And then when I got home, he's like, well, just, just keep the guitar. So he gave me $2,000 but pretended like he was buying it to save my pride at the time or whatever. But anyways, so I got on the phone with my mom, and I was telling her, we were just like, we were, we were reeling through some financial whatever. And she said, you need to take this thing just like you would healing, because I got a revelation about healing. And she said, you need to trust God concerning finances just like you would healing. And I realized at that moment, oh, well, I'm trusting the Lord over in this area, but I'm not trusting him in this area. Why? Because I've, I've taken it upon myself to trust in me and my ability and my sufficiency, which is we, we don't even have sufficiency compared to the Lord. Amen. I mean, God is all sufficient and he's got all of the goods. And uh, so, so that's really the difference between if you're, if you're underneath the rule of mammon versus being underneath of the rule of the Lord is where is your trust? What are you really trusting in? Are you trusting in money? Are you trusting in the stock market? Are you trusting in, you know, the general economy? Are you trusting in your ability to work? What is it that you're trusting in for your finances? If you lost your job tomorrow, and here's the deal, is that you, whenever you go through things, it will show you really where your, where your trust is at. When you go through stuff, it will tell you. And if you lost your job tomorrow or your source of income or whatever, whatever, how would you respond to it? I mean, in church, we'd probably be like, well, I would just pray and it would, everything would be great. You know, but I mean, really, you know the answer to this question. Would that really be the answer? Or would you fall apart like a $2 suitcase? What would, what would it really be? And if you would fall apart, that shows that your trust was in the job, and it really wasn't in the Lord, and he's the one that's supposed to be our provider. And he really is our provider. But see, when you are, when you're underneath of someone's uh, rule, or yeah, just somebody's rule, you're going to have to follow their rules. And see, when you obey God, and you put your trust in the Lord, you don't have to be bound to anything else, because he becomes your master. And when you allow the Lord to be Lord, over your finances, it will remove you from the grip that mammon will have on your life to keep you in fear, to keep you in greed, to keep you in poverty, or whatever else it is that it, that it will keep you in. And wrong mindsets about money, we're going to get into these things. But when you can just learn to trust the Lord, it will pull you out from, from underneath of all of that, and all of a sudden, you'll go through the roof. Like, I look at Liz and I are not, I mean, we're different in the sense that we've grown a lot, but I look in the last, like, five years, what God has done for us in terms of finances, and we haven't done anything other than just come out from underneath of this wrong thinking, this stinking thinking. We stopped trusting in our ability. We started trusting the Lord. We'll do anything that he wants us to do. You know how to tell where, this is another way to tell how where you're at. It's, it's who you obey, because Romans chapter 6 says, it says, uh, you are servants, and I'm, I'm mixing this up a little bit, but you're servants to whom you obey, whether of sin uh, leading to death or obedience under righteousness to him you, who you obey, that's the servant you are of. So if, if you can't obey God when he gives you a command with something, you're not really a servant. Now, I'm not saying you're not a son. 
And you have to look at all those different dynamics that are in the word and, and, and look at all those things. And I think being a son is the highest level. But that comes just from being saved. Once you get saved, you're a son, you're a daughter of the king. And there's not anything you're going to do to ever change that. But it's a decision to become a servant. It's a decision to say, Lord, you are my master. And every single decision in my life, I'm not going to make without you telling me what to do. And specifically, Lord, in this area of finances, I am no longer a servant to mammon because I'm not going to obey mammon any longer. I'm going to obey you. And I didn't know it at the time. When I went to look back, I realized what it was. The first thing the Lord said is he said, I want you to tithe. And I was like, yes, Lord, <laughs> you know. But, I mean, I looked at what I was giving up, not as seed in the ground, not as being able to trust in the Lord. I looked at what I was losing. But I had to obey God because I made a commitment. I made a vow out of my mouth. God, I'm going to serve you. I'm not going to serve me anymore. I'm not going to trust myself anymore. I'm not going to be Lord over my finances. You are. And when I did that, it broke something in my life. And then as we continue to obey the Lord, it, it totally just releases from that grip. So hallelujah. Good stuff. Yes. Amen. Why don't you all stand to your feet real quick? Do you have 10 more minutes in you? Can we do this in 10 minutes or should we just come back next week? My golly, I feel like if we start, we won't finish. I, I think you're right. I think I am right. But now we just tease them. Yeah. So just come back next week. So instead of it being a three-part series, it's going to be a four-part okay. series. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to just pray over you. Yeah. And you've got a little bit of our testimony concerning this. And uh, we're going to pray over you. And, and we are going to break tonight. We're going to break whatever kind of hold that you've had on your finances yeah. and on your heart and your life to not be able to just to surrender to the Lord. It's just going to be easy. This is an easy yes. place to be yeah. able to do that. Amen. Hallelujah. Everybody lift your hands to the Lord right now. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for the breakthrough. We thank you that we can break through in areas because we have the breaker anointing on us because the anointed breaker lives on the inside of us, which is Jesus, the anointed one. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, God. Thank you for leading us and guiding us into all truth. And I thank you, Lord, and I just make a declaration over everybody and for everyone that says, yes, this is me, and those that are watching online, yes, this is me. I thank you, Lord, that we are not bound by the spirit of mammon, that, Lord, we are, in a good sense, we are bound to you. We're bound to your word. We're bound to your provision. I thank you that our finances are only going to be limited to what heaven has to offer. I thank you that we have heaven's resources at our fingertips. And, Father, I thank you that the spirit of mammon will no longer have hold on us. And, Father, I thank you that we've been, we've in a sense, uh, many of us have probably been serving a self and serving self-desires and serving uh, just our own ideas and our own interests. But, God, I thank you that this is a new time, and you're raising up a new breed of people. And, God, your church is coming up to a new level. And I declare that this church is coming up to a new level in Jesus' name. And, Father, I thank you that the individuals are coming up to a new level in Jesus' name. And, Lord, where they once set the bar here, the Lord says you were setting the bar here and he supernaturally just raised the bar on the inside of you some of you just got a supernatural raising of the bar and you were thinking God could meet you here and God says no 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 I'm going to meet you all the way up here far above and beyond what you could ask or even think according to the power that's at work within you which is no longer mammon but it is the spirit of God and father I declare supernatural increase of finances in Jesus name I thank you 
that people are going to receive things that they wouldn't have otherwise received because of the blessing of God that is resting upon them. In the grip of mammon, we break the grip of mammon off of their life in Jesus' name. We thank you that it is no longer a factor. And God, as they put their trust in you and they obey you, they become your servant and you become their master. And Father, I thank you that you are already our Father. You are our Father just because we put trust in you. And we're your kid. Regardless, we are your kid. But today, we draw a line in the sand and we say, and we say no longer am I just a son, but I'm also choosing to step into a life of being totally surrendered to the Lord. Hallelujah. I mean, I tell you what, some of you are just getting set free in the area of, uh, of finances, but in your heart in general. Because you just needed to let things go over on the, on the Lord. Just release it over on the Lord. Whatever it is that you're holding on to. This goes even beyond money. Whatever it is that you're holding on to, just release it over on the Lord. As a matter of fact, just take, just take your, your hand and just put it to your, your chest or your heart and just go like that and just release it over on the Lord. Cast your cares. Cast your worries upon him. Because the Bible says, we just read it, that if he'll clothe the lilies of the field, man, how much more? How much more will he clothe you? How much more will he take care of you? Father, I thank you that we don't have to toil to get you to do anything for us, that you have, you have already done the work, and we simply put faith in you. We simply trust you. And, Lord, your, your word says that my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And, Father, I thank you that, that our needs are met supernaturally, that our needs are met that they are met even above and beyond. They're met according to your riches. Not ours, but your riches. Thank you, God. Everybody say, not my riches, God, but according to your riches. It's not according to my ability, God, but it's according to your ability. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for increase in Jesus' name. Increase in Jesus' name. And I thank you that this week and the next few weeks are building blocks to totally come out uh, totally come out from underneath of this. As goes the head, so goes the body. Thank you, Lord, for the deliverance you've given to Liz and I in this area. Thank you that we have a testimony of what Jesus has done. We have a testimony of what you've done in our life. We have a testimony of your faithfulness. We have a testimony of your faithfulness in the midst of our stupidity. My God, someone ought to shout hallelujah on that. Every one of us have made some bad decisions, but God's faithfulness is going to shine through in your life. And Father, I thank you that we are no longer going to be the borrowers, but we are going to be the lenders. We are above. Your word says that we're above and not beneath. We are the head and not the tail, that that's what you have called us to. So God, it's not just this faith thing, but it's also a wisdom thing. It's a stewardship thing. It's making good decisions. It's changing our heart motives. It's setting our, ourselves with you on the right course in this area in particular. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I mean, he's the God of the breakthrough. Sometimes that word has maybe been overused, but I don't really know if you can overuse it because he's, in, he's interested in seeing people break through. To where there once was a ceiling, now there is no longer a ceiling. God's supply is limitless. It's limitless. And when you have the right heart, you realize it's not to consume things upon yourself, but it's to be a blessing to other people. The nature of God 
is giving. The nature of God is giving. Everybody look at me real quick. Let me tell you something. God's nature, his very nature is a giving nature. For God so loved the world that he, he gave. It is in the nature of God to give. And you know what? Even if you don't know, let me see a show of hands. Who in here, is, who in here has been born again? You're born again. You got God living on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Is that every hand? Is there anybody that's not born again? You've never given your heart to the Lord? Everybody put your hand up. Is there anybody that hasn't been born again and you need to be born again? All right. So I'm assuming everybody in here has been born again. That means that you have God's nature living on the inside of you. And you know what that means? Whether you know it or not, you have a giving nature. Because when you got saved, you and Jesus became one. You became one. That meant that all of your liabilities, he took, and all of his assets you got. <laughs> Some of us need to let go of those liabilities a little bit more, amen, and just take on his assets. But that's what happens in a covenant is you both bring your liabilities and assets together, and you share both of those liabilities and assets. The deal is he didn't have any liabilities, and we didn't have any assets. But now... As long as we're trusting him, really, we don't have any liabilities anymore. They're on him. But we have all the benefits of heaven freely given to us. So that means that the nature of who God is on the inside of you, it is a giving nature. It is. I'm going to tell you, I have two men in my life that totally messed me up in a good way. I've, I've been saying that a lot. Here, I say that a lot, that God messed me up. I didn't used to say that, but Every time I come here, I say that. I don't know why. Anyways, but in a good way, these two guys, they straightened me out, really, is what they did. One of them is, is Ron, and uh, the other one is my, my pastor, Pastor Bobby. They're the two most giving men that I've, ever, that I've ever been around in my entire life. And Pastor Bobby, in particular, I'll, I'll pick on him because he's, he's not here, and Ron normally is. He had something else to do tonight. Uh, but Pastor Bobby carries around hundreds of dollars in his pocket, and... He, and my kids love it when he comes around because, and, they're, and, they're, and he'll pull it out and he'll go, who's your favorite pastor? And they're like, you are Pastor Bobby. And he doesn't care if they're lying or not. He just wants to hear it. And but he's just a very loving, fatherly man. And so he always gives him money. And it's every time he'd come to our, our church, um, you know, we'd take up an offering, offerings for him or whatever. And uh, I would see how much the offerings were. And he, half the time he would give away more money than what he got when he would come. Just bless some people. And you know what? When you hang around somebody like that, it'll mess you up. It'll cause you to go, oh. Now, he's got a gift of giving. Like he told me, he said, if I don't give, I don't feel right. He said, I just don't feel right if I'm not giving away money. I just have to give away money. He said, even when I don't have money, I, I still want to give away money. And I, find, and, and I couldn't understand that exactly. But being around that caused me to identify with that peace that he operates in in a great measure is also on the inside of me. And you know what? Liz and I developed in that a lot more to where like, oh, where can we give? Who can we give to? How can we give? In what measure can we give? How much money do we have to give away? God, what do you want us to give away? All belongs to him anyways. Praise God. But you have that nature on the inside of you. And I've yet actually to meet because it's, it's really not just as believers but as Human beings were created in the image of God. It's in people to want to do good. I believe that people basically are inherently, basically are good. They just get really messed up from the devil and messed up from the world that we're living in. But most people want to do good. They want to help people. 
but they're afraid to, and they're, and they're bound in, in all of these different things. Well, I'm here to tell you that God's going to set you free. God is going to totally set you free to where you can give, and you can be a blessing, and you watch how God will see to it that you'll have even more will come to your account. I have yet to meet a, a person who gives abundantly that runs out of money to give. Amen. So, praise God. If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. If you would like to give or would like more information on how we are making a difference, visit ociperryville.com.